Welcome to the Assembly of Yahweh Sermon Podcast. We're so glad you're here. For more information, you can visit hallelujah.org or download the AOI app on Apple or Google Play. Test, mic check, all right. So uh, just in case anyone didn't hear me and just in case this uh, is being recorded as we usually record the messages, I just want to say again that I do appreciate Ruth singing that song. It's a song that she wrote and uh, and that is... Uh, the topic that I'd like to speak on today is the Sabbath, and so her song really sets the stage for that wonderfully. I'm grateful to be here and to have this opportunity. Uh, it's good to see all of you today. And I would say that if you were raised keeping the Sabbath, or if you've been in it for a while, then this topic is, uh, is not unfamiliar to you. I know we have uh, a lot of folks, praise Yahweh, who were raised around here in the Sabbath. Even so, uh, we can probably uh, always learn more, especially given the onslaught of anti-Sabbath arguments in our world. And there are also other possibilities. Maybe someone is here today who will hear this topic presented for the first time. Or maybe somebody will hear it via the recording uh, for their first time at a later date. And we are blessed with many young people in this assembly. And as they gradually mature, you never know when something will strike a chord and give them something to hang on to for the rest of their lives. And so with that, I would say that I believe an excellent place to start with this subject is in the beginning. When the Sabbath day was blessed and sanctified at creation. It is the only day of the week to receive these honors. So if you go back and you read the creation account, in Genesis chapter 1, and then it talks about the Sabbath in the opening verses of chapter 2, you'll see that there was evening and morning, days 1 through 6, and then the Sabbath day occurred, and the Sabbath day is the one where it is mentioned that Yahweh blessed and sanctified it. It's the only day of the week to receive these honors. Let's look at Genesis 2, 1 through 3. And I'll try to remember to, uh, to give you just a, a moment uh, as I go to these different scriptures in case you're following along. Genesis 2, 1 through 3. Thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. And on the seventh day, Elohim ended his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then Elohim blessed the Sabbath day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work, which Elohim had created and made. And so we see that he blessed the seventh day, he sanctified it, he had finished his work, and he rested on that day. The seventh day is the Sabbath. Although the word Sabbath is not used there in the Genesis account, let's look at Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11.
Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And that's a word that we will run into a little later. Remember. We need to remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, as it says. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath. Something else I would like you to notice as we go through these various scriptures today is how we will see this pattern repeated, that there are six work days and then the seventh day is the Sabbath. Picking up with verse 10, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of Yahweh your Elohim. In it you shall do no work, you nor your son nor your daughter nor your male servant nor your female servant nor your cattle nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days Yahweh made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore Yahweh blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. So we saw in Genesis where it said that he blessed the Sabbath day and sanctified it. We see here in Exodus chapter 20 where the seventh day is the Sabbath and indeed it tells us, it reminds us that he blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. As an indication of the importance of the Sabbath, consider that in the Ten Commandments, Yahweh said more about the Sabbath commandment than he did any other commandment. Let's also look at Deuteronomy 5.14, which is a repeat of the Ten Commandments, and let's look at the what it says about the Sabbath day in verse 14 of Deuteronomy 5. Deuteronomy 5, 14. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of Yahweh your Elohim. In it you shall do no work, you nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your ox, nor your donkey, nor any of your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates, that your male servant and your female servant may rest as well as you. For more scriptures stating that the seventh day is the Sabbath, you could consult Exodus 31.15, Exodus 35.2, and Leviticus 23.3. I won't read those at this time. Also, under the importance of the Sabbath, I would like to look at the fact that the Bible says that the Sabbath is a sign between Yahweh and his people. So let's look at Exodus chapter 31, verses 12 through 17. Exodus 31, 12 through 17. And Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Speak also to the children of Israel, surely my Sabbath you shall keep. I would like you to notice some things that I have emphasized here also today as we go through this. Notice that Yahweh calls these, and I don't know what just occurred. Screen went blank. I'm not sure what that was. Hopefully that won't occur again. Um, but I would like you to notice once again that Yahweh calls the Sabbath, the Sabbath, his Sabbath, my, his Sabbath. He, used the, he uses the words, my Sabbath. And he says, you shall keep, for it is a sign between me and you for how long? Throughout your generations. 
that you may know that I am Yahweh who sanctifies you. You shall keep the Sabbath, therefore, for it is holy to you. Everyone who profanes it shall surely be put to death. For, for whoever does any work on it, that person shall be cut off from among his people. Work shall be done for six days. We see this pattern again. Six days of work and then a seventh day rest. Work shall be done for six days, but the seventh day, or the seventh is the Sabbath of rest, holy to Yahweh. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. Therefore, the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath, how long? Throughout their generations as a perpetual covenant. So perpetual reiterating the longevity of the Sabbath throughout their generations. Once again, it is a sign. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel. How long was that again? Forever. For in six days, Yahweh made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day, he rested and was refreshed. Also, the book of Ezekiel, chapter 20. So the Sabbath is mentioned as a sign in more than one place in the Bible. We just read in the book of Exodus. Now let's read in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 20, verses, uh, verses 12 through 20. Moreover, I also gave them my Sabbath to be a sign between them and me that they might know that I am Yahweh who sanctifies them. Yet the house of Israel rebelled against me in the wilderness. They did not walk in my statutes. They despised my judgments, which if a man does, he shall live by them. And they greatly defiled my Sabbath. Then I said I would pour out my fury on them in the wilderness to consume them. But I acted for my name's sake that it should not be profaned before the Gentiles in whose sight I had brought them. So I also raised my hand in an oath to them in the wilderness that I would not bring them into the land which I had given them, flowing with milk and honey, the glory of all lands, because they despised my judgments and did not walk in my statutes, but profaned my Sabbath, for their heart went after their idols. Nevertheless, my eye spared them from destruction. I did not make an end of them in the wilderness." But I said to their children in the wilderness, do not walk in the statutes of your fathers, nor observe their judgments, nor defile yourselves with their idols. For I am Yahweh your Elohim. Walk in my statutes, keep my judgments, and do them. Hallow my Sabbath. So Yahweh wants us to recognize that he hallowed the Sabbath day, and he tells us to regard the Sabbath day and hallow it. And they will be a sign between me and you, that you may know that I am Yahweh your Elohim. And so notice the, notice the emphasis that Yahweh puts on the fact that he wants us to know that he is Yahweh our Elohim. He wants us to know that he created the heavens and the earth in six days and rested on the Sabbath day. And when we rest on the Sabbath day after our work, we are reminding ourselves that Yahweh is Elohim who created the heavens and the earth, and we are respecting that fact. And we get to rest like he did. 
So once again, Exodus 20 verse 8 told us, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. The word remember tells us that the Sabbath was already in existence prior to this time, established at creation as we saw in Genesis 2, 1 through 3. And also, once again, I just want to read Exodus 20, verse 11. For in six days Yahweh made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore, Yahweh blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. The word remember implies that we might also forget. We might forget our Creator. We might forget our dedication to this Creator. The Sabbath is a memorial day of creation. You know, we have a, 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 a date on our United States calendar where uh, we observe a memorial day and recognize uh, those who have fought for this country. The Sabbath is a great memorial day of creation. As I already mentioned, keeping the Sabbath reminds us that there is a creator. It recognizes and honors Yahweh as that creator. And also want to talk about the seven-day weekly cycle, the fact that it's still intact. Remember, we've already seen the pattern uh, repeated. Six days and a seventh day. Six days and a seventh day. That weekly cycle, we still see it intact today. The creation account describes the origin of the seven-day week. The continuation of this seven-day cycle is a verification of the legitimacy of the Bible. The Bible says the Sabbath is also a day of sacred assembly. That's why we're here today. Leviticus 23.3. I'll give you, once again, just a moment if you're going there. Leviticus 23.3. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, a holy convocation. I think the NIV makes it a little plainer. It says, a day of sacred assembly. You shall do no work on it. It is the Sabbath of Yahweh in all your dwellings. So once again, the seventh day of the week is the Sabbath. It is Yahweh's special day of rest and worship. I want to transition now and talk a little bit about forgetting the Sabbath. You know, we've talked about remembering the Sabbath and how, how important it is to remember the Sabbath. I want to talk now just a minute about something that has occurred in our world, which is forgetting the Sabbath. Although the Sabbath is from the beginning and we are told to remember it, it has been forgotten along the way. Now this guy right here is a guy named Constantine, and he was the Roman emperor from 306 to 337 in our common era. He made an edict or a decree in the year 321. Constantine's edict or decree in 321 CE is a significant influence on the Sabbath largely disappearing from our society. By his decree, Constantine changed the day of rest and worship from, sun, from Sabbath to Sunday. We'll read a little bit more about that here from the Wikipedia article on Constantine the Great and Christianity. It states, on March 7, 321, 
Sunday, which was not sacred to Christians, but to the Roman sun god Sol Invictus, was declared an official day of rest. On that day, markets were banned and public offices were closed, except for the purpose of freeing slaves. There were, however, no restrictions on performing farming work, which was the work of the great majority of the population on Sundays. Also, history professor Ramsey McMullen wrote about Constantine's edict in his book entitled Constantine. Professor McMullen reported in 321 CE, Sunday was declared an official holiday marked off for rest and worship. Constantine said that the pagan could recite prayer without heart burning on this day. And a little bit about the backstory of that is once again, Constantine was the Roman emperor and what he wanted to do is bring harmony within his empire between pagans who did not keep the Sabbath and those who kept the Sabbath. But in the process, as you may notice, the Sabbath keepers got slighted and Constantine declared Sunday as the day to be observed. Now you might wonder why I'm putting a picture of a handwritten uh, paper up there, but this paper is from about 40 years ago. I think it was when it, I think I was a junior in high school when I wrote this paper. And it's a book report uh, on a biography of Constantine, which is the book that I mentioned just a moment ago, the book that Ramsey McMullen wrote. And we uh, had to do a book report in uh, English class, English and literature class. And so uh, my mom raised me in keeping the Sabbath. I've been around it all my life. And, and I thought, and I was already interested in these things uh, by that age. And, uh, and so I thought, well, you know what? Since I have to do a book report, and, and we were given the liberty of choosing uh, the book that we wanted to read to report on, I just thought, I'm gonna make good use of this time. And so I went and checked out this book from the Fort Smith Public Library uh, called Constantine by Ramsey McMullen. I read the whole book and I wrote this book report on it. This was back uh, around 1981. And so I wanna flip over here to a different screen and share a little bit more of this uh, book report with you. So uh, I wrote four pages. That's the first one there. We go through here. Uh, you may notice that uh, you know some of these areas I went back and highlighted because they were of particular interest um, as we you know go through material like we're going through today. And then I want to I just want to share with you uh, where I wrote where I reported here one particular thing that I've already talked about today, but here it is where I wrote it in my book report. Sunday declared the official holiday, 321 AD. Constantine said that the pagan could recite prayer without heart burning on this day, and it was marked off for rest and worship. And so that meant a lot to me as about a 17 year older, about 40 years ago, that I knew what I was being told about Constantine and about the Sabbath day and how that he made an edict to change the day of rest and worship to Sunday, I owned that then. I found out for myself that, hey, this is verifiable. This is confirmed in history in more than one place. 
And so that meant a lot to me to see that in uh, Professor McMullen's book. Now let me see if I can get this slideshow started again. All right, I think we're back. <clears throat> and so, as we talk about forgetting the Sabbath and the things that I've mentioned, thus, Constantine declared Sunday the official day of rest and worship in place of the seventh-day Sabbath. And after some 1,700 years, Sabbath observance remains well entrenched in our culture. And I made a note here because there's something else that Constantine did that was very significant, and that is he gathered what's called the Council of Nicaea, which is a, a quote-unquote church council. And, uh, but it was held in 325, four years after uh, Constantine made the Edict of 321. And this council rendered other significant decisions, such as establishing the formula for determining Easter Sunday, endorsing Trinitarianism, and creating the Nicene Creed. So Constantine was a Roman emperor. Constantine was a man. He made this edict. And so his edict is a tradition and commandment of men. Constantine took the day that our creator blessed, sanctified, and hallowed, and changed that day of rest and worship by his own decree. Therefore, this decree is a tradition and commandment of men, and it is taught for doctrine. Let's compare that to what we find in Matthew chapter 15, verses 1 through 9. Matthew chapter 15, verses 1 through 9. <clears throat> then the scribes and Pharisees who were from Jerusalem, came to Yeshua saying, Why do your disciples transgress the, tra the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. He answered and said to them, Why do you also transgress the commandment of Yahweh because of your tradition? For Yahweh commanded saying, Honor your father and your mother, and he who curses father or mother, let them be put to death. But you say, Whoever says to his father or mother, Whatever profits you might have received from me is a gift to Yahweh, then he need not honor his father or mother. Thus you have made the commandment of Yahweh of no effect by your tradition. And so what he's talking about here is the law of Korban from the Hebrew. And Korban uh, said that, you know, first of all, the Ten Commandments says to honor your father and your mother. But the situation that these scribes and Pharisees brought about is that they went around honoring their father and mother by saying that basically, however I would have helped you, I'm giving it as a gift to Yahweh. And so Yeshua tells them that by their tradition, they've made the commandment of Yahweh of no effect. And so we continue on in verse seven. Hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy about you saying, these people draw, draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. 
and in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. And so this is, this is uh, something we need to be very careful about, is about teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Something else also took place in history in the year 364. So we're looking at what, about 43 years here after Constantine's edict of 321. There was another quote-unquote church council in Laodicea. And in this church council, they upheld Constantine's edict of 321, ordering work on the Sabbath and honoring Sunday. Here it is from Canon 29 of the Council of Laodicea. And the quote is, Christians must not Judaize by resting on the Sabbath, but must work on that day, rather honoring the Lord's day. And if they can, resting then as Christians. But if any shall be found to be Judaizers, let them be anathema. That word means accursed. Let them be anathema from Christ, end quote. And so you see that the Council of Laodicea was very bold in uh, what they came up with on this, that people must work on the Sabbath and resting if possible on Sunday. That excerpt, by the way, referred to the Lord's Day, but no Bible verse calls Sunday the Lord's Day. Instead, the Bible says that the Son of Man is Lord or Master of the Sabbath. That can be found in Matthew 12, 8, Mark 2, 28, and Luke 6, 5. Another way that the Sabbath is forgotten today is through the teaching that Yahweh's law is abolished. Has it been abolished? But that teaching is commonly accepted that his law is abolished. Even so, most people say that nine-tenths of the Ten Commandments are still in effect, such as no murder, no adultery, and so forth. When it comes to the Sabbath, the fourth commandment of the Ten, however, they insist it is left behind. Nevertheless, the Sabbath is a gift from Yahweh. Let's look at Mark 2.27. Mark 2.27, and he, that is Yeshua, said to them, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man. Notice that phrase. In the order of creation, man was made on the sixth day, and then the Sabbath was given to man on the seventh day. The Sabbath was made for and given to man, then, for his benefit. Therefore, it is his moral obligation to keep it. It is morally good for us, physically, mentally, and spiritually, to cease from our labors, to have a special time of worship and concentrate on our Maker and His Word, to have a special time of fellowship, Fellowship is something that we need that, because we draw strength from one another. Um, we're not, I don't believe that Yahweh created us to be alone, but he made us as, as social creatures. 
And he wants fellowship with us, and he wants us to have fellowship with one another. All of this strengthens our moral fiber on the special day that Yahweh has given to man. So now we've talked about remembering the Sabbath, forgetting the Sabbath. So let's talk now about forgetting versus remembering the Sabbath. From the beginning of time, the Sabbath was sanctified, that is, set apart as a day of rest, but the world has forgotten it. Nevertheless, the Bible says to remember the Sabbath. And I want to transition to talking a little bit about how that Sunday is not the Sabbath, but Sunday is the first day of the week. You know, we've already read in multiple places where it says that the seventh day is the Sabbath. That's the biblical authority that we find in the scriptures. The seventh day is the Sabbath. We do not find the phrase in the Bible that the first day is the Sabbath. We find that the seventh day is the Sabbath. Sunday is the first day of the week. Although Constantine declared Sunday as the official day of rest and worship instead of the Sabbath in 321, this did not change the fact that the Bible Sabbath is defined as the seventh day of the week. The seventh day, the Sabbath, as we've already covered, is blessed, sanctified, and hallowed. No Bible verse says to observe Sunday is the week, as the weekly Sabbath. Think about that for just a moment. No Bible verse says to observe Sunday as the weekly Sabbath. Also, Dr. J. Vernon McGee, a well-known minister, uh, and at one time for, I think, a period of several years, was the host of the Through the Bible radio program. He wrote a booklet, which I have pictured here, uh, which I got a copy of years ago. You can see that kind of looks aged there. The price tag, I don't know if you can see the price tag, but it says 75 cents for that thing. And uh, so J. Vernon McGee wrote this article entitled, The Sabbath Day or the Lord's Day, Which? And by the way, uh, he was born in 1904 in Hillsboro, Texas, not far from here. Uh, he obtained his doctor's degree from the Dallas Theological Seminary, and he passed away in 1988. Uh, as I mentioned, he hosted the popular Through the Bible radio program, and uh, he supported first day observance, but he conceded in his article, and I quote, the Sabbath day is Saturday. It is the seventh day of the week according to our calendar. Furthermore, the Sabbath day has never been changed to Sunday. Dr. J. Vernon McGee. Once again, we notice that Dr. McGee mentioned the Lord's Day in the title of his work, but I would just say by way of reminder again, no Bible verse calls Sunday the Lord's Day. Instead, the Bible says that the Son of Man is quote-unquote Lord or Master of the Sabbath. Also, in regard to Sunday being the first day of the week, we find proof from the dictionary. Under its first definition, the World Book Encyclopedia Dictionary states, number one, the first day of the calendar week. Sunday is the first day of the calendar week. 
A usage note under that definition further explains that Sunday and Sabbath are not true synonyms. You know, sometimes somebody, say, somebody may say, well, I keep Sunday as the Sabbath, but Sunday and Sabbath are not true synonyms. That's the first statement it makes here. Sunday, Sabbath are not true synonyms. And I'm quoting, Sunday is the first day of the week, which is generally observed among Christians as a day of worship and rest from ordinary business. Sabbath, literally meaning a time of rest from work, applies to the seventh day of the week, Saturday, among the Jews and some Christians. But it is commonly applied to Sunday in the religious sense of a day for abstaining from work or activity of any kind except religious, end quote. In regard to Sunday being the first day of the week, let's also look at biblical proof. Earlier, we noted several scriptures indicating that the seventh day is the Sabbath. Exodus 28 through 11, Exodus 31, 15, Exodus 35, 2, Leviticus 23, 3, Deuteronomy 5, 14. Regardless of those several scriptures, many hold the view that the Sabbath day changed to Sunday after the Messiah's resurrection. However, the following passages show that the first day of the week continued to come after the Sabbath following the death and resurrection of the Messiah. So let's look at those. The first one, Mark chapter 16, verses 1 through 2. Mark chapter 16, verses 1 through 2. Now when the Sabbath was passed... Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices that they might come and anoint him. Very early in the morning on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. And so we see that the Sabbath occurred, it passed, and then there was the first day of the week. Also in Luke 23, 56 through 24, 1, those verses are right next to each other in your Bible, but there's a chapter division. There were no chapter divisions in the original text, but let's start in Luke 23, verse 56. Last verse in Luke chapter 23, verse 56. Then they, speaking of the women, returned and prepared spices and fragrant oils. And they, what did these believers do? They rested on the Sabbath day according to the commandment. And then it says, chapter 24, verse one, now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb bringing spices which they had prepared. Luke describes the women resting on the Sabbath according to the commandment before visiting the tomb the next day on the first day of the week. Interestingly, these followers of the Messiah continued resting on the Sabbath, indicating that he had not taught them to cease observing the Sabbath. Also, the, the Bible talks about how that the Messiah is our example. It says to follow his steps and walk just as he walked. 
1 Peter 2.21. For to this you were called, because Messiah also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. And 1 John 2.6. 1 John 2.6, he who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Well, considering those statements, let's consider some of the specific footsteps of the Messiah. Mark chapter 6, verse 2. Mark 6, 2. And when the Sabbath had come, he, speaking of the Messiah, began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him, that such mighty works are performed by his hand? And so where do we find the Messiah on the Sabbath? We find him teaching in the synagogue. Also, Luke chapter 4, verse 16. Luke 4, 16. Luke 4, 16 says, So he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. So these are the footsteps of the Messiah. He walked into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. He was there for the Sabbath gathering, for the sacred assembly, for the service. As his custom was, well, somebody might say, well, why are you talking about customs? I, you know, I thought you said traditions were vain. Well, the thing about it is, is not all customs and traditions are vain. The customs and traditions that are based on Yahweh's word and that tell us our mode of life, those are the customs and traditions we should be keeping. The customs and traditions that are of man are the things that uh, we should not be keeping as commandments of Yahweh. Here, I believe, is a key statement. The seventh-day Sabbath was the Sabbath of the Messiah. Therefore, it must be the Sabbath of his followers. The seventh-day Sabbath was the Sabbath of the Messiah. Therefore, it must be the Sabbath of his followers. For example, Paul, as a follower and apostle of Yeshua the Messiah, continued this custom in Acts chapter 17, verses 1 through 4. Let's read about that. <clears throat> Acts chapter 17, 1 through 4. Now when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. Then Paul, as his custom was, went into them, and for three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the Scriptures, explaining and demonstrating that the Messiah had to suffer and rise again from the dead and saying, this Yeshua whom I preach to you is the Messiah. And some of them were persuaded and a great multitude of the devout Greeks and not a few of the leading women joined Paul and Silas. 
Moreover, future continuation of the Sabbath is evidenced by the Messiah's teaching. Let's go to Matthew chapter 24, verses 20 through 22. Matthew 24, verses 20 through 22. The Messiah said, And pray that your flight not be in winter or on the Sabbath. So he referred to some future time that it would be important that your flight would not be in the winter or on the Sabbath, indicating that the Sabbath would still be in existence. For then there will be great tribulation, such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time. No, nor ever shall be, and unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved, but for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. So we've talked about the Messiah and his habit of keeping the Sabbath. Let's now look at the apostles and their lives, apostolic proof of Sabbath keeping. In Acts chapter 13, there are several verses, and I tried to pick the verses that, that highlight this passage. And so we're going to be jumping from, from one group of verses to the next instead of reading, taking the time to read this entire passage. But it'll be Acts chapter 13, verses 13 through 16, verses 26 through 31, and verses 42 through 44. And in this passage, Paul preached to the Gentiles on the Sabbath, who then begged for more preaching the next Sabbath. So beginning in verse 13, now when Paul and his party set sail from Paphos, they came to Perga in Pamphylia, and John, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. But when they departed from Perga, they came to Antioch in Pisidia, and went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and sat down. And after the reading of the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent to them, saying, men and brethren, if you have any word of exhortation for the people, say on. Then Paul stood up and motioning with his hand said, Men of Israel and you who fear Yahweh, listen. Men and brethren, sons of the family of Abraham and those among you who fear Yahweh, to you the word of this salvation has been sent. For those who dwell in Jerusalem and their rulers, because they did not know him, nor even the voices of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath, have fulfilled them in condemning them. Verse 27, for those who dwell in Jerusalem and their rulers, because they did not know him, nor even the voices of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath, have fulfilled them in condemning him. And though they found no cause for death in him, they asked Pilate that he should be put to death. Now, when they had fulfilled all that was written concerning him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. But Yahweh raised him from the dead. Yahweh raised him from the dead. He was seen for many days by those who came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are his witnesses to the people. And then we jump down to verse 42. Verse 42 says, So when the Jews went out of the synagogue, the Gentiles begged that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. Now when the congregation had broken up, many of the Jews and devout proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who speaking to them persuaded them to continue in the grace of Yahweh. On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city came together to hear the word of Yahweh. Let's look at some things we can glean from this passage. 
The Gentiles, once again, they begged that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. Notice that Paul's response was not, there's no need to wait a week. We're meeting again tomorrow. Indeed, they waited until the regularly scheduled day of gathering on the next Sabbath. The latter part of verse 43 tells us that Paul and Barnabas persuaded them to continue in the grace of Yahweh. If grace abolished the Sabbath, why didn't Paul and Barnabas enlighten their listeners? The fact that Paul and Barnabas persuaded them to continue in the grace of Yahweh and then met with them on the next Sabbath shows that the Sabbath is consistent with the grace of Yahweh. Hallelujah. The Sabbath is consistent with the grace of Yahweh. Turning to another passage, Acts chapter 16, this time just a few verses, 11 through 13. Paul and his companions visited a Sabbath prayer meeting. We read in Acts 16, 11 through 13. Therefore, sailing from Troas, we ran a straight course to Samothrace, and the next day came to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is the foremost city of that part of Macedonia, a colony. And we were staying in that city for some days. And on the Sabbath day, we went out of the city to the riverside where prayer was customarily made. And we sat down and spoke to the women who met there. And so evidently they had heard about this prayer meeting that was held on the Sabbath. And they, as it talked about there, they were in that city for some days. And so they went to this Sabbath meeting. Interestingly, these people met for prayer on the Sabbath day. If the Sabbath was no longer a special day of rest and worship, here was an excellent opportunity for Paul to instruct the people that the customary day of meeting for prayer is now the first day of the week, and they could start this new way tomorrow. Let's also turn to uh, the next chapter. Acts chapter 17, verses 1 through 4. We've already read this, so I won't take time to read it again, but I wanted to cover as part of the apostolic proof of Sabbath keeping that this was Paul's custom, was to keep the Sabbath. We read about that in Acts chapter 17, 1 through 4. He practiced the same custom as the Messiah, which we already read about also in Luke chapter 4, verse 16. Now, the thing I would like to notice, though, is that if we back up to verse 2 for just a second, Paul, as his custom was, went into them and for three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the Scriptures. Let's consider that. For three Sabbaths, he reasoned with them from the Scriptures. So on the Sabbath, Paul repeatedly reasoned with them from the Scriptures about the Messiah and his resurrection. Yet he mentioned nothing about observing a different day. Also notice he reasoned with them from the scriptures. From what scriptures did Paul reason? The scriptures from which Paul reasoned are commonly referred to as the Old Testament. The quote-unquote New Testament, as it is commonly called, had not yet been compiled 
And so Paul reasoned with them from the scriptures and the and what we have today as the older writings. People commonly refer to it as the Old Testament, but it's the it's the earlier writings, the scriptures that Paul reasoned from. Next chapter, chapter 18, verses 1 through 4. We find in this passage that Paul met every Sabbath, like we should do. Acts chapter 18, verse 1. After these things, Paul departed from Athens and went to Corinth. And he found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to depart from Rome, and he came to them. So because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked, for by occupation they were tent makers. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded both Jews and Greeks. Every Sabbath, once again. So we see that Paul's day of meeting and worship was the Sabbath. Now let's go to the book of Hebrews, chapter 4. And verse 9 talks about how that, there, that a keeping a Sabbath rest remains for the people of Yahweh. Hebrews chapter 4, let's start with verse 9. It says, There remains therefore a rest for the people of Yahweh. For the word rest in verse 9, the King James Version text note states, or keeping of a Sabbath. Evidently, the writer of Hebrews refers to keeping the weekly Sabbath as an example of the coming kingdom rest, which he also addresses in this chapter. The context of verses 4 and 10 confirms the reference to the weekly Sabbath. So if we back up to verse 4, we find, For he has spoken in a certain place of the seventh day in this way, and Elohim rested on the seventh day from all his works. Also look at verse 10. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as Yahweh did from his. Several other versions of verse 9 also indicate that a Sabbath rest remains for the people of Yahweh, including the New American Standard, the New International Version, the Revised Standard Version, the New Revised Standard Version, the English Standard Version, and the New English Translation. And so I'll quickly show those without, without reading all the way through them. But the New American Standard says there remains a Sabbath rest. The NIV says there remains then a Sabbath rest. The RSV says there remains a Sabbath rest. The NRSV says a Sabbath rest still remains. The English Standard Version says there remains a Sabbath rest. And the New English Translation says consequently, a Sabbath rest remains for the people of Yahweh. Also, the Bible talks about how that the Sabbath will be kept in the future. Isaiah chapter 66, verse 23. Isaiah 66, 23 says, And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, and from one Sabbath to another, all flesh shall come to worship before me, says Yahweh. The whole world will worship before Yahweh every Sabbath. Isn't that a neat idea? That, that shows that the Sabbath has not been abolished, by the way. And so now we reach my conclusion for today. Although 
there's not time to go through every text in the Bible on the Sabbath uh, at this time. But here's what I will say in this conclusion. Let's remember that no Bible verse says to observe Sunday as the weekly Sabbath. No Bible verse calls Sunday the Lord's Day. From the beginning of time, the Sabbath was sanctified. That is, it was set apart as a day of rest, but the world has forgotten it. Nevertheless, the Bible says to remember the Sabbath. Our world is not tuned or geared to the Sabbath. Keeping the Sabbath in a non-Sabbath keeping world can be difficult. Yes, it can. Standing for Yahweh will not always be easy or convenient. Standing for Yahweh will not always make you popular, but Yahweh will be a faithful guardian when we stand. So remember the Sabbath. Arrange your weekly schedule so that you can observe the Sabbath. This is part of remembering the Sabbath. Prepare for the Sabbath on the other days of the week, especially on the sixth day, in order to rest on the seventh day. Rest, recuperate, assemble, and worship Yahweh, our Creator, on the Sabbath. The Sabbath is an awesome day. I, I get excited about the Sabbath. Hallelujah. It is a day to become refueled in your faith and to help you through the next week of the hassles of daily life. By being with brothers and sisters in the faith, you can share testimonies and heartaches and bear one another's burdens and joys. It is a day for us to unite, pray, confess, believe, and learn in order to uphold Yahweh's name and his people. It is a day to rejoice and praise. Remember that remember implies that you might forget, so be sure to remember. Remember who you are, as the words of a great song that I've heard before say, remember who you are. I think Jordan wrote that song, didn't you? It might be either you or Ferris. I think it might have been Jordan. <laughs> so remember who you are. The Sabbath is a sign between you and Yahweh. I think that's worth repeating. So here's your sign. The Sabbath established by Yahweh in the beginning. And that graphic art is courtesy of our own Lisa Loggins. Thank you, Lisa. I appreciate that. I, I knew Lisa was good at this kind of stuff, so I contacted her and I said, I need, a, I need a sign about the Sabbath. And it wasn't long before she came back with one, which was excellent. And so here's your sign, the Sabbath established by Yahweh in the beginning. And I might just quickly note before I leave here, that, and while I'm noting this, I want to leave this up there. I hope that you'll really take this and store this in your heart and your mind and that you'll remember what that looks like as you go through life and you remember the Sabbath and you continue to, to keep Yahweh's day. I would just note quickly that there are other scriptures. Time fails me right now to, to go through them. 
But for example, 1 Corinthians 16.2 is often cited as a text that allegedly supports meeting on the first day of the week. But if we were to look at that text, we would see that Paul told those saints to get things ready and let every man, let every man lay by him in store things that were supposed to be or that were going to be delivered to the poor saints in Jerusalem. And so, and he said to do this on the first day of the week. Now, how many of you know how much work it is to go about gathering supplies, organizing them, putting them in a spot where they will be ready to go to come get picked up? It's kind of like moving. I've, I've moved several times in my life. Thankfully, I haven't moved in about 18 years now. Praise Yahweh. But it's kind of like moving. You know, you gotta, you gotta get all this stuff amass all this stuff together, uh, get it in a way that it can be put in a truck and go somewhere, and then it has to, you have to undo the process then after you get there. And so what Paul told those people in 1 Corinthians 16, he didn't, there's nothing mentioned about, hey, meet on the first day of the week, pass a collection plate, and this is gonna be sent then to the saints in Jerusalem. Now, if you read that text carefully, he says, let every man lay by him in store. So amass these things, get them ready so that they would be ready when Paul came. That's just a, a, a quick overview of that text, but, a, but ex, an example that I wanted to give as showing that there are, there are explanations for these texts that, uh, that we sometimes run into, that people bring out and they say, see there, that proves that the first day of the week is now the day. And so without further ado, I'll just once again say, here's your sign. Remember the Sabbath established by Yahweh in the beginning. And may Yahweh richly bless you.